the book of Ephesians. And uh, I've been doing this on Wednesday nights, I guess. I really, not on Sunday mornings, but I've been doing it on on uh, uh, Wednesdays. And the Holy Ghost started dealing with me here lately to uh, really start talking about the Holy Ghost on Sunday mornings and and the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, to realize His part in the Godhead and His part in our lives. And, and uh, it's really going to be good. But on Wednesday nights, I don't know how that God's going to take because I'm going to, I'm going to keep that, I believe, for Sunday mornings. But, uh, I just want to go back to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians is a powerful book. We need to, we need to read it and <clears throat> meditate on it and go over it, gnaw on it, chew on it. What did, uh, the prophet Jeremiah said? I found your word and I did eat it. And, uh, I eat your word. Praise God. So we feed and chew upon the word of God and, and that's what we've been doing in this chapter. We just started from verse chapter, verse 1, and now I'm going to start down here at verse 22. And, uh, Teresa, I'm going to actually, uh, read, I've been reading it in New Living Translation, but tonight I'm going to read it in the, uh, Amplified Bible. And so if you don't have an Amplified, it'll be on the wall right there. So, uh, we just want to read the Word of God, minister through this, and kind of, uh, bring some things out because the book of Ephesians, as well as all the epistles of, uh, the Apostle Paul, were written to the church to the body of Christ. And uh, so sometimes we think it looks like it's written to uh, uh, sinners, the way the wording and stuff like this, but yet it's, they're all addressed to the saints or the faithful. That's what that's what the book of Ephesians was addressed to, the, uh, the saints and the faithful uh, in Ephesus, which were the Christians. And so uh, he says this in verse 22. He says, Strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your old unrenewed self which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust, uh, life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring forth from delusion. So, you know, it's amazing how he said we can strip ourselves of these things. Sometimes we're always saying, God, you're going to have to do something with me. I'm telling him, he'll look at you and say, I already did. I saved you. Come into my, your life. And, and now you're going to have to do some things yourself. Amen. Sometimes you got to change clothes, strip off some things. Verse 23 says, and be constantly, listen to this, this is Amplified, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and be constantly being renewed in the spirit of your mind. You've got to change your mind. Huh? How many knows uh, our minds change all the time? And we've got to purposely gear, uh, be geared towards having our thoughts change because if we don't have a thought change, we don't really have a life change. Now, you may be spiritually changed, uh, uh, what I'm saying. You may be born again and all such as that. But unless you change the way you think, you'll never change the way you live. You'll continue this down the same old road, the same old path, go around the same old mountains over and over and over and over and over and over again, unless there's a mind change. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So our thought process of what he says, you need to constantly be renewed in your mind. How, how often? You say, how often do I need to hear the word of God? He says constantly. Now you say, well, pastor, we can't hear the word of God all the time. And I understand all those things like that. But I tell you, at every given opportunity, we need to be changing our thoughts. 
We need to be changing the way we think. And you'll get to the place in your life when you start changing the way you think and, and you start developing a mindset towards God and on what who God is, what God uh, is to you, what God is in you, and what God wants to do through you. Then all of a sudden, you'll get to the place where when crazy thoughts come your way, you'll say, hold on, that ain't the way I think. Then I, I do that. I, I got now where, where crazy thoughts uh, come, and we all have them. I'm not the only one. I can sit up here and say that the stupid thoughts try to shoot through my mind sometimes. But I'll say, uh-uh, I don't think that way no more. I don't think that way no more. And when you start saying that, what you're doing is I'm going to cast that one down. And I must hang on to the ones that I've renewed my minds with concerning the Word of God that has changed my life forever. Amen. So he says, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. I'll tell you what, i tell you what, we can all use an attitude adjustment. Huh? My daddy gave me a few of those with a switch. Huh? They, they used to do that in school a while back, give you an attitude adjustment. Anybody ever had an attitude adjustment in school? And it's amazing what, what can go through your tail and reach your head. Huh? They bust your tail and it, it, somehow another light comes on your head. Hey, that hurt. I ain't doing that no more. Huh? I think they ought to go back to that. I'm, I'm, there ain't no kids in here, so they won't stone me when they walk out. Going back to that, you say, I don't think they ought to do that. Why they did it with us? Can I ask how many here that ever got a popped in school? Just if you did not. Now, I can't believe that about Justy. Can y'all? Has she actually got a pop in school? Huh? She might have been around during school. Who knows? She's just been changed. Praise God. You know, I found this out. Once I got one, I didn't want another. My dad and all, they'd always say, if you get one at school, you get one at home. And, but anyway, I didn't mean to bring all that out. Kind of... Throw you back in your past a little bit. We're not looking back. Verse 24 says this, And having put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness. He said you got to strip off your former nature and you got to put on your new nature. you got to put it on. Is that what it said, put it on? You know what happens when you put something on? I can stand up here and say, uh, I, I know this, you can see my shirt. And most of you could probably tell it's brown if you're not colored blind. I remember we had a colored blind guy in the church one time and he come by here and he looked at me and, and I had black shoes on, he had brown shoes on. He looked at me and said, your shoes are just like mine. I said, except mine are black. He said, well, I am colored blind. So evidently, we did have on the same kind of shoes. But the thing about it is, when you put something on, that means it's not just visible to you, it's visible to everybody who sees you. Right? You look in the mirror and you see what you got on, but when you go out, everybody else sees what you got on. And that's what he's talking about, us putting on God and putting on Christ and putting on our new nature and, and created in God's image. I'll tell you what, God wants us God-like in righteousness and true holiness. It says, therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done with it, 
Let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one body and members of one another. We talked about this uh, uh, last Wednesday, so I'm not going to stay, stay on these, because uh, basically it says don't lie. Don't lie, tell the truth. I'm telling you, we need to be people of truth. And then it goes on to say, it says, uh, uh, when angry, do not sin and do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him or no foothold to him. I'm telling you something right now. I said this last Wednesday night. Anger is not, anger is not a bad thing. We all have it. And so in fact, sometimes we need to get mad before we do anything. But he says, be careful what you do in your anger. Be careful how you respond in anger because what you're about to do in there is either going to give, uh, send the devil on the run or give him a place. Amen. Anger is not, I, I wrote this down. God spoke this. He said, anger is not bad as long as you're in control of it. I said, anger is not bad as long as you're in control of it. You got to be in control of that anger because I, 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 I said this last Wednesday night. There's a lot of things in the world that gets us all riled up angry. And I'm telling you what, it ought not drive you to vengeance. It ought to drive you to prayer. Because that's what's going to change any situation is praying about it and seeking God concern it. So it says, give no place to the devil. Give no foothold to him. Verse 28 says, let the thief steal no more, but rather let him be industrious, industrious, making an honest living with his own hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. Listen to me. I, I don't believe anybody in here stealing, but if you are, stop. Huh? <laughs> don't, I'm, I don't know nobody, and I know there's no thieves in here, but I tell you what, what he's saying, if you are a thief, don't do it no more. Isn't that what is it? Who's, he, who's he writing this book to? Christians. Born again believers and more than likely all tongue talkers. What we call spirit filled believers. He said, don't steal no more. If you was, if you stole, don't do it no more. Cut it out. And then verse 29 says this, let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever Come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. Don't ever let it, what it say? No foul or polluting language ever come out of your mouth. A foolish talk. I'm, listen, I've, I've thought about this and y'all probably have too. I've thought, I think one of the hardest things to get a grip on is what comes out of our mouths. And I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we, we will, we will, we will say things that we regret later. Here's the, here's the deal I was thinking when it says don't let no foolish or, or polluting language. Listen, something that pollutes is something, have you ever seen something get in a water or something that pollutes the whole system? And it don't take a whole lot to pollute. Uh, 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 whatever's going on in your life, you have to be very careful about it. And I was thinking about the word being a, remember, uh, Sunday when I talked about Jesus said, the sower sows the word. We talked about Mark chapter four. The sower sows the word. And in study today and reading this today, I thought, well, you know, we talk about the word of God being seed, but not only is the word of God seed, every word you say is seed. So the sower sows the word. So everybody here is a sower, whether you're sowing the word of God or you're just sowing things coming out of your mouth. 
And I got to thinking because Jesus said, uh, uh, be sowers and uh, not, not throwers. Sowers and not throwers. And I, I thought about that and I thought about throwers and, and somehow things just get, seed just gets slung out there and stuff like this. And when I thought about that, I thought how some people gets exasperated. Some people gets discouraged. Some people uh, uh, get mad. People get angry. And all of a sudden they just start slinging seed. Just slinging seed coming out of their mouth. And then that's when you're throwing it, but when you're sowing it, you are, you are purposely taking the word of God and you're saying if you're, if you're dealing with some kind of situation in your life, if you're dealing with, uh, income or something like that, instead of saying, my God, don't, my God, nothing ever works for me. It don't seem like we can ever get ahead. We never have enough money. We never have enough. What are you, you throwing? But when you're sowing, you're saying, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What you're doing, you're purposely sowing. Now, you're sowing all these other things, and I tell you what, they're all capable of creating a harvest in your life after their kind. And so when we're sowing those things out there, listen to me, I wonder how many people are living their words today. Sometimes I wonder uh, the things that's happening. Don't get me wrong; I don't, don't want not wonder these things. But sometimes uh, all the things that that the people's reaping in their lives, there's got to have been a seed sown somewhere. You dealing with if you were dealing with physical uh, problems? Well, I've been believing forever; nothing seems to be working. Well, you're starting to throw. But when you start sowing, you're going to say, "My God, by His stripes." I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Why? Because you're sowing a seed to reap a specific harvest. How many of us all wanted to pray for a crop failure from time to time? You get disgusted and start throwing words out there and you say, Oh God, I want to pull them back. I found this out. You can pull it. You can repent of them, but you can never pull them back. Huh? Words are one of the most powerful forces in the universe. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.3, For by faith we understand that, the, understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. In other words, he said, everything you see was words. Every tree you see come from a word. Every star you see at night come from a word. When you get out tomorrow and you see the sun, it came from a word. When you see the moon, it came from a word. Who's God's? So he sowed that word and he reaped what he said. And I'm telling he said that same principle works in every person's life. In fact, he said, I'm going to make you in my image and I'm going I'm to I'm create you just like us in our image and I'm going to give you dominion over everything. So he's saying this, I'm going to make you to be able to change and, 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 and deal with situations and all just like I would with what you say. So he said, don't let any foul or polluting word or language ever come out of your mouth. Uh, the, the century version, uh, the, the contentment century English version, I think it is. It says, stop all your dirty talk. Say the right thing at the right time and help others by what you say. Stop all the dirty talk. 
Did you know dirty talk is just not cuss words? Huh? Have you ever been around somebody that just they talk so negative you felt like you needed to go take a shower when you got home? Said, oh my God in heaven, I feel like I need to be washed all over in the blood again after being around all this mess. I, I was, uh, Rusty Martin was, was, uh, preaching over at, uh, MCC and, and I'm going to say this because he said it over there. So if he preached it, it's, it's going to be, uh, all out anywhere. And he said he was, uh, uh, had a, uh, individual come in his office the other day and cussed him for everything he was worth. Talked to him so bad and horrible. Just, uh, I think he said he felt like he needed to go take a shower or something when he got through, when that guy got through with him. And so the thing about it is, 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 uh, you know, sometimes people get mad. Be, remember, be angry and sin not. Now, I hope that guy has felt bad about it. I do. I hope he's convicted about it and I hope he repents and I hope he goes and asks for forgiveness. A lot of people won't do that because of pride. But the thing about it, he needs to do that because sometimes when people get mad, they don't control their anger. And your anger is always normally released out of your mouth. And it's usually not coming out of your heart. It's usually coming out of your head. Anybody hearing me? It's usually coming out of an emotion or a feeling rather than out of the spirit of love in your heart. I don't know why I'm saying all these things, but evidently Paul was trying to get this over to us in the book of Ephesians. Oh, hallelujah. Let me, let me read a, 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 a couple of more scriptures. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. how many knows what that verse says? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thy removed, cast in sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he... He shall have whatsoever, whatsoever he what? And he's saying your words are going to bring to you what you want and even what you don't want if you keep saying them. Anybody know what Proverbs 6, 2 says? You're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. Anybody know what Proverbs 18, 21 says? It says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. I'm telling you, you will eat the fruit of your words. Listen, let me, let me say this because I believe Paul wasn't trying to scold anybody. He was trying to help us. Paul understood the power of words. He understood the power of what you say because, listen to me, you can think something. I'm going to help you. You can think something and not say it. And that the only way that thought's going to affect you and bring a harvest into your life is if you sow it. Is if you sow it. How do you sow it? With saying it. In fact, Jesus said, take no thought, say. In Matthew chapter 6, when he said, don't worry, King James Version says, take no thought, saying. You say, when do I take a thought? When you start saying it. It becomes real to you and it becomes alive to you when you start saying it. So that's why he says you need to guard your mind and, 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 and renew your mind and do all such as that so it'll change your attitudes and, uh, your disposition basically. And so our words are very important. So we have to be cautious at what we say. Listen, I have had, I, I've learned something, uh, through the years. And not, let, let me just be honest with you. I'm not saying I, I got everything just right down and I, things don't slip out of my mouth that I wish didn't come out of my mouth. And I'm quick to repent about them because I, I do from time to time. But the thing about it is it's a whole lot less now than it was. 
We've got to get to the place where we're, we're guarding our mouth and we're, we're putting a guard or a watch over our mouth to say, I am not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to listen to what I'm about to say. I'm not going to let no corrupt word, no polluting word, no word that's going to bring uh, any pollution in my life or, or any, uh, any, uh, uh, trouble in my life and such like that. Sometimes we call trouble to us. Matthew 12, 37 says, for by your words, you will be justified, or by your words, you will be condemned. For by your words, you'll be justified, or by your words, you will be condemned. Your harvest is going to be determined entirely on the seeds you sow. Your harvest is going to be determined entirely on the seeds that you sow. In Galatians 6, I'll just let, I'll just let you, you put it up there, Teresa, 6. Verse 9, I'm sorry. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Next. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Next. See with what large letters. No, I need you to jump back back up a little higher. You start at 9, go to 6. Let whom, him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever a man sows, that he will what? Also reap. The, Met, the Amplified Bible says this. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. That and that only is what he will reap. So we got to be very careful at what comes out of our mouths. Paul warned us in, in Ephesians that we need to guard our mouths. We need to watch what we say, and we need to not ever let things proceed out of our mouth. Listen, your growth process in God, when you're growing up spiritually, I'm telling you, you, you learn. Here's how you can know many times when you're growing is when you're, you're no longer talking like you used to. Things don't bother you and make you mad like they used to. Anybody, anybody can tell where anybody growing up any? Growing in God? Getting better all the while? Proverbs 21, 23 says this in the New Living Translation says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I didn't say it. The proverb said, he said, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Shut your mouth. Huh? Have you ever thought I wished I'd have shut my mouth? <laughs> I wish I'd have shut my mouth. I think on my Wednesday word I, I, at the end, I said, just shut up. And then I thought, I should have deleted that. But I'm telling you, some people just let their, let their words run away with them. Then they come back and say, I wish I hadn't have said that. Next thing you know, you start reaping harvest and, oh, my God, I must have put that in the ground. The Message Bible says, watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. The New Living Translation says, Whatever, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Keeps his souls from trouble. So Paul warned us. He, he acknowledged, uh, encouraged us. And here's what he said to do. And I'm, I'm running out of time. He says, 
here's what I want you to do. Let your speech, let what comes out of your mouth, uh, it says, don't let those worthless things come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. He says, when you're speaking, it ought to be blessing others. And I found this out. I hear my words more than anybody else hears my words. So if I'm talking, that ought to be ministering grace to me. Amen? Praise God. So he says, watch your mouth, guard your tongue, uh, don't let uh, worthless words come out of your mouth. And verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden Him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own secured for the day of redemption, a final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. So he said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you read that, I feel like this. If, if we lie, we grieve Him. If we steal, we grieve Him. If we, uh, you know, if we, uh, uh, <clears throat> if we let worthless talk come out of our mouth, we grieve Him. So there's a lot of things we grieve. And let me tell you something. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but when you grieve the Holy Ghost, you know it because He's in here. I mean, there's a grievance on the inside of you. So that, man, I, I, I wish I hadn't done that. This is my, kind of makes me sick at my stomach. Just kind of feel, have you ever done that? Why, well, you done grieved the Holy Ghost. Well, the good thing about God is He's a forgiver. Aren't we glad? Boy, I tell you what, I'm so glad He gave the gift of repentance that you can repent. Glory to God. Say, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. Let's get this thing back on the right track. And, and I, I'm going to pray for a crop failure and all such as that. And, and I'm just, I don't want to uh, grieve the Holy Spirit in my life. And I don't want others to be grieved by it either. What I say, we, I found this out. You ought to be an encouragement everywhere you go, not a discourager. Huh? You ought to be a positive in what you say and positive in what you do. And uh, always speak, always talking, listen, always talking people up, not down. Huh? That, in fact, that's what we're doing. Some, if it makes this down and out and down in the mouth or something like that, we're to try to turn it right around and get them picked up a little bit. Start talking them up. Say, I know, but praise God, we're going to believe this. We're going to declare this over you. We're going to declare the word of God. We're going to pray. And, and I've tried, I try to do that every chance and opportunity I get is try to turn their, their negativism into a positive. Listen to what verse 31 says. Let all bitterness and indignation, and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, and baseness of any kind. Man, he didn't give us a, he don't, he don't give us a little bit of to be mad and upset and talking bad, does he? He said, it all needs to be banished from us. It needs to be stopped. And he's talking to Christians. You, do Christians do that? Well, uh, uh, Rusty just got cussed out by a member of his church. I text him back and said, it's hard, to, it's hard to understand how somebody can sit under the Word of God and act that way. It's hard to understand. It's hard for me to grasp that. And, uh, uh, you know, and, but the thing about it is, Here's what he did. He let anger control him rather than him control, control the anger. I mean, he's probably a good man and all such as that, but he just let anger take control. You let anger take control, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people in prison right now because their anger took control of them. Huh? 
Praise God. Awful evil things happen when people get mad if they don't control it. Amen? It said in verse 32, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. It almost makes you think he's talking about Christians getting along with each other. He's talking to the body. Then he says you need to be useful, help, kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, and understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiveness is a major part of the Christian life. And letting go of some things will help every single one of us in our lives. Listen, that's why uh, Corinthians uh, 13 says uh, love does not uh, uh, take record or hold account to a sufferer done wrong to it. And uh, in other words, it don't take a, it don't write it down. It don't take a notepad and write it down. But here's what happens. People take a record of things that happen in their minds. That's where they take the record at. And I'm telling God, says, you've got to let those things go because it does nothing but rob you. It robs you. God wants you to have the best life ever, and the only way it's going to happen is if you're walking in all that God has for us to walk in. And we're all growing. I mean, we're, none of us has arrived yet, and I don't think we're going to arrive fully until Jesus comes back, and we're still going to be growing all the while. But we need to, right here on the earth, we need to start letting our, 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 our spirit man be the, the, the head honcho on the inside of us instead of our fleshly man. And we need to start talking out of our spirit rather than our head. And we need to start letting uh, our words and what we do minister grace to people. Amen? Have you ever been around somebody who said, I just like being around them? Man, just listen to them talk. They're so kind. They're so friendly. They're so nice. Anybody ever been around people like that? And then you're around other people saying, oh my God, I can't wait to get away from them. Just because of the attitude, the way they talk, the way they behave, how kind they are, how loving they are. And you just like that. And that's why God wants every single one of us. You say, well, if I was that way, I'd never get rid of people. Well, <laughs> don't use that as an excuse. <laughs> we don't mind hanging around people. Amen. Praise God. You know, you're to read a book of Ephesians. It's a, it's a, it's a good book to, to, uh, teach us on, on our lives and, and Christ and such as that. And, and, uh, God wants His church to stand out. Yes. And I believe we're going to stand out in these days more than we've ever stood out before in the history of the church. Yes. We look at the church today and we think, oh my God, Linda always say, God, how in the world are you going to make us glorious? He said, I can do it. I can do it. Praise God. Glorious don't mean perfect. Amen. But I tell you what, there's a change that takes place in our lives. And I thank God for the change in my life. I thank God for the change in your life. And I'm telling you, we're going upward. We're going to see the manifestations of God's glory in our lives and our families. And we're going to continue to grow and be blessed day by day by day by day. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God, you're so good. We love you. We appreciate you so very much. Father, we thank you for the word of God that liveth and bideth forever this working on the inside of us. We know it's you that works in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. You said in your word in Ephesians that we're your workmanship created unto good works. So God, I thank you for the work of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of us. 
all the while working, improving us. And you're the true fixer-upper. God, you can fix us up. You can bring us into line with your word of God as we yield to you. God, you can speak to our hearts and, and uh, speak to us on, on what we need to do and how to say and, and, and how to answer somebody. And you said a soft answer will turn away wrath or the right answer will turn away wrath. So, God, I just thank you that we're being changed. We're being challenged. We're going up to another level in our Christian walk. And all is going to see, not us, but Jesus Christ, going to see the glory of our God upon us. And, Father, we're going to talk and minister grace to our co-workers, the people that come into our presence. God, we're just going to let our light <clears throat> so shine before them that they'll glorify our Father who is in heaven. God, we're going to be forgiving. We're going to forgive. We're not going to hold no grudges. We're not going to be bitter. We're just going to have forgiveness in our hearts. We're not going to hold anybody accountable for what they've done to us. We're just going to turn them over to you. And God, you're going to take care of it. And God, we're going to speak good things about them, good things to them. And and God, we just know you can even change their hearts. God, I don't know who might be dealing with the situations like that in their lives, but God, I feel like somebody is in this church. And God, I pray that they just let that go. Put it into your hand. Cast that care over on you, for you care for them. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.